everybody, this is No Bullshit Gaming Podcast, Two and a Half Gamers, session number 17. <laughs> Discussing latest news, fun stuff and dropping some knowledge. But again, don't forget this is a 4am conference discussion vibe, so let's not be too serious. Okay, let's dive in and uh no 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 i first need to i first need to ask you (laughs) was the juice worth the squeeze and how was your beach party (laughs) dude yeah i was dancing with your microphone so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a uh i need to i need to mention that uh obviously i got covid and my whole family as well so i need to prolong my stay in the u.s (laughs) for another week but it's you know what can we do at least, uh, well, you know, I, I, I told to my wife and my friends as well, like, look, so I do feel like this almost every time after the music festival. So <laughs> I was really weak, headache. I mean, my muscles were aching as fuck. And also like, what was that? Like bones as well. Everything just felt really weird. But yeah, I mean, this is almost the same as after all the music festivals anyway. Although just without the depression, <laughs> I wasn't depressed too much. <laughs> but how was uh, your week, guys? Thanks for covering uh, for me last time. I really felt like shit. Jokes aside. Happy to do it, man. <laughs> Pretty good, actually, I would say. Uh, not that like heavy on new stuff. Lots of work done. So that's good. Lots of eldering, eldering work done. So that's progressing nicely. And yeah, we'll see. Like, to switch Lost Ark to Elden Ring. Yeah, of course. Like uh, Lost uh, Lost Ark was for me like I pretty much finished my mission there, which is to learn the business model and game mechanics. That's it. Nothing. And fuck off. Yeah, no, yeah nothing okay. new I can get out of that for now. Fair enough. Well, well, you well you were off and you know learning business ethics, tactics, and you know world dominance, and Machi was, uh, yeah. Getting COVID. Trying to survive. <laughs> Some <laughs> things actually happened that actually we've been waiting to discuss with you guys. So we're going to do a bit a different one. Instead of just jumping straight in the news, let's just have a little 10-minute discussion. Because in the last couple of weeks, there's been quite a seismic shift uh, in the sense that markets have crashed. Crypto markets have crashed. U.S. house sales are down. The Fed is hiking interest rates. And it looks like we're heading into a recession. And this will be the first ever recession that has faced the mobile gaming industry. Because the last recession we had was 2008. And which mobile games were out in 2008, Remo? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) No comment. No comment, yeah. None. none, Angry Birds. Yeah, maybe Angry Birds. (laughs) Flappy Bird, maybe. (laughs) Exactly. So... This is actually the first time we're going to be facing a recession. Uh, people are saying, or at least at Nordic Game, I had a commerce, couple of conversations with investors that have said capital markets are pretty much freezing up. And, you know, in about mm-hmm. six to eight months, this will hit consumers. So right around Christmas time, that's when consumers will start feeling this. And that's what kind of, yeah, the clever money in our industry is saying what is going to hit. So I just wanted to have a little quick discussion with you two who... I used to think are quite clever before you got COVID. Mm-hmm. After COVID, oh, yeah. <laughs> I never got after COVID. COVID. Everything is fucked. <laughs> okay, well, you're still yet. clever, Rima. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess we have uh, like 
uh, fourth special guest uh, on our podcast, COVID-19. So Felix already <laughs> got it twice, and <laughs> now I got it. <laughs> uh, I got it so really didn't have to get it. I got it twice. Oh, <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> anyway, so I just want to have a discussion I'm around what you guys think the impact will be like if consumer demand decreases, especially in the States where, you know, a lot of these mobile games like is the key market. And I guess the first thing I wanted to ask both of you guys, that the biggest question that no one really knows, is the demand for mobile games elastic or inelastic? That is to say, will consumers keep spending on mobile games even though they have less disposable income? Mm, I would say if you look at the, let's say, jobs numbers in America, how people got pretty much kicked out of their jobs during COVID, uh, it yeah, wasn't really defined as a recession, I would say per se, but it was just... A, a decline in some pretty much sectors of the economy. Uh, yeah, mobile gaming thrived pretty much. There was this big boost. Everybody was just riding the wave and yeah, rainbows all over. So I wouldn't think so that mobile gaming is the one thing that people will start to cut on their kind of a priority list in recession. Maybe some kind of a bigger spending uh, objects on the list. So maybe they will, you know, withhold a little bit until they buy a new car or maybe they postpone their moving into bigger house or stuff like that. But mobile gaming per se, the ones where you just pay, you know, microtransactions in vicinity of like 5 to $10, I don't think so that will be that big of a problem. Crypto gaming, on the other hand, where there's like <laughs> really big sums of, of money course. flying around will be hit. <laughs> really, well, uh, Anderson and Horowitz just raised like this like huge crypto fund so i guess it's not going to be that bad yeah i'm not talking about the investors i'm talking about the consumers the people who actually pay those outrageous prices for the nft pictures of owls and monkeys <laughs> yeah okay but that's another that's another discussion i mean uh right now they won't most probably buy those uh or maybe now they will because it's just you know for a lo way lower price than before <laughs> you can afford buying an, an ape for way cheaper than, than before. So I yeah. read an article on, I think, Wall Street Journal somewhere. There, they were discussing like how much underwater you are currently, and there's like 80%, 60% loss on all of those NFTs. Of course. If you, if you buy yeah, them last year. I, I, yeah, I read also like a lot of uh, people already like lost the houses and they, they have no money thanks to buying all of this shit uh, before. So, but you know, uh, that's. That's, the, that's all the hype. If you if you ride the hype train, then uh, you need to f face the consequences afterwards. Mm. But regarding normal mobile gaming, I wouldn't say so. That that there's like from consumer perspective, there will be like big decline. Maybe it's kind of a but, but I don't think you can, Yeah, you don't think you you can't compare it directly to to the COVID. I mean, oh. I think the situation is slightly well, slightly but way different than than before. So we yeah we thought that. It's gonna be really bad during COVID, and actually, the quite opposite happened. But I, I but it was also like mainly because all other brands stopped spending on uh, on advertising, and uh, the competition was really low uh, in those days in terms of the the marketing. So like everybody was really trying to switch from um, offline to online because it was the only thing that that could happen. But now even even the online will drop quite heavily yeah but the big, so, big 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 thing in the in like everybody's eyes uh, is the rising cost of inflation 
Oh, I mean, rising yeah. cost of living. That, that's that's what the inflation is doing to their, you know, your daily budget is pretty much getting cut out. So mm. I sat next to an investor at a dinner in Nordic Game, actually organized by some Rovio friends of ours. We got invited. We're not hated. Uh, so he said something quite interesting. He said that he's been through like two recessions already before. Uh, so he's a bit, yeah, different generation. So he said that during the recessions, uh, people always keep spending money on the rent and food. And now he says that pretty much during this recession, what you, what will happen is people will cut back on entertainment expenses, but you'll still be at home more time. So you'll have more time with your phone. So his mm -hmm. kind of thesis was that he expects mobile gaming not to be that impacted, at least kind of the lower LTV genres. And that's kind of what mm -hmm. he was expecting will happen. So that was kind of his theory moving forward. But I would love to ask Matthew, like, what did you see happen in kind of the COVID dip for like UA? What happened with CPIs? Like, what do you think would happen if there's a big recession? Like how much of, you know, demand on like UA is propped up by non-gaming? So I think uh, what will happen um, for the companies in terms of the UA, they might cut back the spend. And also in these times, uh, most probably, uh, we'll just <clears throat> focus on short-term ROI rather than long-term because it's going to be really up in the air. Uh, the money, you know, if you were seeing payback periods for like three, two or three years back then, uh, most probably this won't work uh, in the recession. And I mean, th there was a really nice uh, presentation by Eric Surfer, obviously, that uh, outlined this. So I think that that's going to happen, like, People will start, will still spend, but uh, against a short period of time for a payback period. So instead of two years, maybe like six months, three months, just to get, just to have a cash on the on the bank account. What do you think CPIs will do? CPIs, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> Man, I have no idea. <laughs> Logic would say, like, if you know brands are expecting less consumer spending, they would cut up on marketing also. So could. Again, yeah, but give, you know, uh, space to mobile games. Sure, but logic, is like a lot of time in these times, won't apply too much because logic also said during COVID, like, okay, so we are going to be fucked, and like exactly opposite happened. Really, like. <laughs> so if I'm thinking about it logically, like it feels like the the games genres, like at the fringes, will be the ones that are at the risk to be like most impacted. So I'm thinking. Hyper casual has a risk of being quite impacted and you have social casino, which risks being quite impacted because it's, you know, very high LTV users. So that's not that many. And yeah, hyper casual, like which relies on advertising, which could potentially be impacted depending on what happens. What do you guys think? But, uh, would the social casino actually be uh, impacted that much? Because those, those guys have really like a high disposable income and then they're still like most probably going to be paying quite a lot of money. Isn't social casino still considered to be impacted by IDFA recovering from that blow? <laughs> Could be a double punch. <laughs> <laughs> Could be. I don't know. But I would say, you know, healthy mid-core or casual games will thrive still. Don't don't think so. Because they they don't kind of rely on that, that outrageous LTVs, you know, and outrageous CPIs, so... I would say that could maybe you just won't be able to get to that scale that you know 
doing 15, 20 mil a month rather than, you know, 5 mil, 1 mil a month. Something there. Do you see anything? Well, you think? We need to look into our crystal balls and see well, what's going to happen. Do you think you, anything, Remo, like you could do game design wise, like something clever you can come up with now on the spot and show how good you are? And uh, that could help during uh, a recession. Recession mm. bundle? Recession bundle. <laughs> what, would you, what would you see in the recession bundle? I would really like to see that. 50% off, limited edition. Well, I don't know. 500% off. Yeah. Actually, the, the, yeah, the 500% off we already had, have, it's called Battle Pass, because Battle Pass is the biggest discount on their current economy trading monetization for retention. So we already have that. So maybe something even more outrageous, but yeah, don't think so. I would say the best best kind of thing you can do is invest in quality content that people will buy in. That that would be probably. Oh, my God, invest in high quality content. No bullshit, safe, game that podcast, was a safe dude. Fucking answer, man. Yeah, it's a safe answer. Safe not bet. very edgy, really. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to leave you guys with this before we move on to our news story this week. Uh, the investor also told me that he expects kind of uh, game investing to really slow down like in six months because the capital markets have seized up and still VCs, they do get their money from the capital markets and they have LPs and he does expect it. Like the bar to getting financed will be way higher. And the days of raising, you know, seed rounds or like starting rounds at like 50 million, those run like those days are over right now. And yeah, I kind of agree with him saying that. So it'll be harder to yeah raise a big wow. round. Last time we were talking about kind of a similar topic when like, oh, this acquisition by take two of Zynga couldn't be topped anymore. It was kind of top <laughs> in the week, so I'm looking forward to next week, actually. <laughs> okay, okay. Very true. Yeah, very true. But, you know, like investors need, need to say that, like, okay, so it's going to be harder to, to get funds, but we will see what happens, uh, you know, there are still these bigger funds with like all these like 600 millions, 750 millions uh, dollars to be deployed. So yeah, it was just like this month, wasn't it? When a one C established the games away. fund, yeah, 600 mil. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> so yeah, someone needs to spend that money. Yeah, you need to spend that money. Otherwise, inflation will eat it. Yeah. Well, exactly. So, Remo, the news. News. Ooh. Yeah, uh, our um, favorite story that everybody's currently talking about, which is Apex Legends. After a long time, it finally got released, or let's say global launch on mobile. Uh, it's currently doing almost 5 million in the first week. Uh, if I check the data on our favorite uh, data analytics sites, it's like 500k uh, a day in revenue. Uh, it was launched on May 17 and hit like number one on iPhone game downloads in nearly 60 countries. Uh, in terms of territory, US saw, US saw the most of the installs and then followed by India and Brazil. Uh, Apex Legends, as you probably know, uh, similar to its PC and console counterpart, is free to play, but does contain premium cosmetics and a battle pass. Uh, U.S. was also the top country for the spending, generating 44% of that 5 million revenue, and Japan ranked the second, and then followed by Thailand. Uh, Interesting. The, the biggest comparison people are, of course, drawing is uh, against uh, Call of Duty Mobile, which did 14.8 million in its first week. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 
depends how you look at it or how you frame it because nobody knows what's to spend here on UA from both EA yeah. or Activision Blizzard. So could be a very different kind of a tactic here rather than spend big and go wild or just gradually add on the spend. We'll see. Yeah, well, the thing is, if EA is doing the UA, then <laughs> yikes. <laughs> Not much. Not Careful, much. Much. You're still in America for another week. You can get sued. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> okay, yeah, sorry. not not much has been spared for EA's mobile <laughs> endeavors, I would say, in the industry. Yeah. But yeah, let's see. Um, I guess this is one of the bigger endeavors by EA concerning mobile, is it? Is there anything else there on their kind of a playbook currently? Well, it's uh, Star Trek uh, Galaxy, uh, what was it, Galaxy of Heroes? Oh, yeah, yeah, the Star, Star yeah, Wars that's, RPG no. behemoth. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but actually, I think yeah. uh, the second second biggest thing they have on portfolio is SimCity, isn't it? SimCity, yeah, SimCity, yeah, yeah. Made by our friends in Finland. Sims, Sims, or SimCity, Sims, Sims and Sims, oh, Sims, yeah. Sims, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's it's kind of a lot. <laughs> yeah. it... Any any predictions the... on this one? Five hundred yep. k a day. Well, already... It's what, as we said, like fifteen mil a month. Yeah, I said I I said already they they're going to be earning at least 10 million a month and you laughed at me Jakub you laughed at me so yeah, but let's see are. in two months <laughs> let's see in two months of course yeah yeah let's see in two months I said they're going to make like 70 million uh, un until the end of the year so hopefully they will they will make it mm. Felix how about you I need to play it first I still haven't played it <laughs> come on have you played it on, on PC or not at, not at all? No, not at all. No. Ah, come uh, on. Like for me, one of the, let's say, red, red factors or let's say the problems there is it's more sci-fi oriented, which isn't that casual. Or let's say that not casual, but kind of mainstream compatible. Really? Where did you get that? What is that? Sci-fi sci is the worst genre, man. Like literally. Why? Because it's kind of a niche. Like it's the, the smallest of the, let's say, if you have fantasy, military, or all these other kind of audiences that are, are receptive to these themes. So sci-fi is definitely looked, the smallest one. Okay, but Apex on, on PC is not a really small game. So why would it be small on, on mobile? Because you are, you're now trying to get people that never saw the PC or console version in. Ever. Really? <laughs> really? Or, Why? Or you, or you think Why? So otherwise. I've, ne I've never played Apex Legends, and I still know what it is. Uh, I think I think it's gonna be both. I think it's gonna be both. Like uh, you know how Fortnite does on mobile. Fortnite uses it just as a kind of acquisition funnel. Sure, of course. It's not it's not rentable. They said it. Yeah, but you know, if you are making fifteen mil a month, um, you need to spend a lot of money to not be profitable. Yeah, let's see. Like I'm, I'm kind of a little bit more skeptic. Uh, oh, of course you are. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Yeah, okay. If you've built a mobile game for iOS or Android, you've experienced user churn. You can win those users back, but it's getting more and more expensive, even more so to acquire totally new users. Enter cross-promotion with Addictive. 
By identifying your users likely to churn early, you can showcase another game in your portfolio before they leave forever, transforming a lost user into a new user, increasing your revenues. Learn more now at addictive.com. Let's see. All right, so I think uh, we can go and we can move to the main topic, which is a creative framework that uh, I want to describe. I want to describe the process from scratch, uh, what I do. And then thanks to um, Felix last time, he was sharing the secret tips. So I'm going to share a secret tips where to get an inspiration <laughs> for creatives. And then um, talk Is about this why you how... went to California then? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> course getting the inspiration the inspiration is all around us and then uh, how the work on creative changed uh, thanks to the uh, idfas and whatever uh, if there is a still innovation happening in creatives and and how closely should the ua work uh, with uh, the game team and and art team and if there is a well if art director should actually own anything um ua related because that's always a a discussion point that comes up and uh and yeah before i dive into that guys subscribe on the youtube channel <laughs> hit the subscribe button <laughs> we're growing there and uh, uh we want to grow even more all right so um before i just describe the process so guys um what do you think it really needs like the like a proper creative framework so is it competitor research is it just like an innovation or is is there any any particular step that you think shouldn't be avoided judging from the uh, ads that i always ban the ones that i always get the yeah. most complaints on <laughs> is the ones that have a shock factor this last week i had to ban an app uh I think it was Merge Mansion or something like that. They had, like taped a baby to the wall. Like uh, that was pretty creative, Ooh. but it was pretty outrageous. Oof. Uh, okay. A uh, vector one or or like comic one? Well, this should be like um, cartoony, not an actor. Okay. If if you if you type a real baby on the wall, you have a problem. <laughs> Already. So yeah. <clears throat> well, shocking or like any anything uh, emotions related is really uh, a good thing to to have inside the creative. It's all about the emotions anyway. So, um, so how does the process look like? I usually start with the competitor research um, using different tools um, such as mobile action, data AI, or well, App Any Sensor Tower. Or we have um, also App Magic, which is data uh, AI. You mean? <laughs> I said data AI. Or app any, you know, you 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 need to always mention that. Some people still don't know, and uh, I refuse to call them data AI anyway. Nevertheless, nevertheless, uh, we have App Magic and then some some other tools, but we have also free tools like uh, Facebook Ads Library and then even TikTok Library these days, where you can uh, we can you can uh, check what are your competitors doing. Although if you have only Facebook as library, you will going to see only Facebook. And if you are looking into TikTok li library, obviously only TikTok creatives, but at least it can give you some kind of idea. Uh, so looking at the competitors and then also looking at the, any types of old creatives that uh, you run before, uh, it's usually pretty good exercise because um, if you are 
running a creatives or running a UA for for a long period of time, then you most probably tried almost everything that uh, exists on on the earth <laughs> from different angles. But you definitely need to know what worked the best and what didn't work at all. So those are like really good um, points for a brainstorming session because um, brainstorming session always happens just you know to create a, a creative brief full of creative concepts. So taking the the insights from the competitor research and uh, the creative assessments uh, and the history of create creatives uh, really helps to start the discussion and the start the brainstorming. And then um, wait, wait, yeah, wait, wait, Felix. Wait, wait. Who's, do, who's who's doing this? Who's doing this brainstorming? Is it the UA manager? Is it like a creative person? Like what's going on? Well, ideally, more than yeah, ideally multiple departments. Um, so I would say creative, um, well, creative person. So from my my team, it's an um, idea maker. So it's the guy or girl who makes that, ideas. <laughs> Yeah, who just, you know, idea, well, idea, who makes ideas, no, but just idea, idea maker also like um, he's in charge of the brainstorming because he then, uh, he and he or she then uh, writes down all the, all the concepts and then uh, also like do the competitive research because UA, UA people and UA person, UA managers can do that, but you still need some kind of creative um, thinking and then not a lot of uh, UA managers are always also a creative uh, thinkers. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> what can we do? You have, you have those like managers that uh, rely on, uh, just rely on data. And then you have uh, like Swiss army knives that they can do like a lot of this, a lot of things. Uh, so, but uh, back to your question. So it's, it's idea maker, then uh, motion designers, ideally a creative lead which also can be the idea maker and then um, the new managers for, uh, for some time, I also tend to invite uh, product managers or um, game designers or anyone from the game team, just uh, for them to be able to see how the process look like, um, then what kind of creatives we are thinking about. And uh, maybe he or she can also like, give us some inputs into the, into the creative brainstorming and, uh, and the briefs. So I see Jakub is already, already smiling. Yeah, because I never see that kind of a run through really well through product people who just don't really appreciate <laughs> to yeah, yeah, the yeah, product that's, uh... this whole like fake ad pi pipeline or, you know, the things that you in the end release. <laughs> That depends on like how fake it is and like uh, if you if you want to make money or not. It's just very simple. <laughs> it's, it's, it's about knowledge, of course. Like you know, you you need to yeah. know how this kind of CPI LTV machine runs, and if you yeah, don't yeah, understand yeah. it, you know, don't yeah. go into that meeting because you just you know, just holding it down. Yeah, that's true. That's and that's uh, what I want to discuss also with the, these like art directors because it's very different type of uh, type of people and also the same thing with the with the product team so you know we are always trying to be very close to to the product team and the art team and uh, and it's always really good to hear those inputs into the creative process but the, the game teams never should never own anything in terms of the UA because 
I care only about the performance. And I, as you said, like you need definitely need to understand very well how the CPI versus the LTV equation works. And uh, you need to focus on that rather than just focus on how the creative looks like. And if, if it's blue, yellow, if it's according to the brand guidelines, or if it's just like, you know, um, really polished. Yes, of course, this is really matter in terms of the, the brand, um, uh, and everything, but I care about the performance. If it, if it makes money, I don't care if it's looking really terrible or if it's a high production value. And most of the time, the high production value, really good looking creatives don't work that well. Let's just, let's just be honest. <laughs> let's just be honest. It's, uh, you know, <clears throat> it is how it is. Why don't and we had these, people like, know that? Like, I, that's quite known, but like, it's like the uglier creatives, they always perform better. But like, especially yeah. with product people, I've said like plenty of times when I worked in retargeting, like people got really angry with yeah. creatives with me because they didn't look very good. And we're like, yeah, but this pink stuff right here, it will work. <laughs> it's, yeah, of course. Exactly. I think so it's, it's that very, you know, at least among product people, maybe just the seasoned ones, but like usually if you have, let's say your usual art director or a graphic yeah, person right. or like a product manager, you'll just say like, oh, this looks like shit. Like, why are we using this? And then like, oh, here's yeah. the ROI and here's the ROI over nice, you know, high production value creative that did nothing for us. Yeah. And then, then, uh, you know, it's always the discussion that, well, what is ROI? That's, that's the worst. That's the uh, worst. Well, <laughs> the, yeah, that happened there. to me. Yeah, that happened to me uh, before as well, because they don't care about the, the performance. They care only about how the you know their baby looks like and uh, how it's marketed and that's that's the only thing but you know you need to you know pay people salaries as well so <laughs> it's it's always it's always very very interesting discussion and this for example this this is what happened to me so in uh one uh one meeting we had uh one guy said like hey hey mate like uh, no offense but the creative that is really the best uh best performer looks like shit <laughs> and i was like yeah well, I wanted to say something, but um, the co-founders were on the meeting and, and said, look, we don't care. It's called performance marketing. We look at the data, we run the creatives that bring money to the company, and that's all That's that's all we care about. So it's that's the ideal scenario. But also what, uh, what happened to me quite recently was that someone said, look, so can you pause the, the good performing creatives? Because our art director doesn't like them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you know, it's, do you see how they're like they're performing quite well? Like, yeah, but you know, it's it's not they are not made according to our brand guidelines, so uh, you know, need to change. We need to pause them. <laughs> please turn off the money. Let let the money not yeah, go to have, us. Yeah, please. We we don't. Yeah, we don't care about the money. So please, uh, can can you make us l less money? <laughs> I mean, this is like I um I always try to fight this um well not fight but show exactly like okay so this is the creative that looks really really good and it's according to all your feedback and this is the the original creative that we made based on the experience and the the, the different uh, games that we managed and like nine out of out of ten always the you know the the worst looking uh, creative is performing better but it's, uh, I'm always trying to say that, but then, uh, I have the data and then like data don't lie. So it's, it's actually bulletproof, but yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I f- Felix is thinking. <laughs> no, I was just like, okay, okay, that makes complete sense. So if we're summing up what you said, basically look at your competitors' creator, uh, creatives, get people to get in the room with one motion designer, one creative person, and a UA person, maybe a product person. Ideally, yeah. Uh, what happens then? Yeah, then... Um, we're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, we're halfway, halfway there. Uh, we have the creative brief, uh, which is a document that comes out of the of the brainstorming. It's usually in a written or uh, visual form where you have all the all the creative concepts. Uh, so everybody knows um, like what's going to happen and what's going to be produced. Then uh, usually there's like one or two uh, concepts that are... Um, agreed on and then uh, we're moving forward to, with the pre- with the production then the fun starts because then you need to test it you need to check uh check it against uh, the creative winners that you had before and then um if if you test it and you see you found a new winner then ideally iterate on the new winner and then the whole new brainstorming session uh starts and the whole process starts starts all over again because you need to you need to find the new creative winners, and it's really hard to find those. And uh, there are some articles and data flying around that you know ninety five percent of the of the new concepts that you you produce are going to be uh, are not going to be winners. Well, sounds like yes game no. design. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like yes and no. It's it's really hard to 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 figure out like what exactly works, because even even uh, now when everybody is just talking about all these like personas and, and everything, yes, I mean personas were here since the beginning of marketing, and uh, now it's really sexy to talk about it because you know IDFA is all the iOS and uh, it's really hard to measure everything properly. So now it's like you are using the, the personas and then trying to really create the creatives accordingly. But it's uh, it's not that straightforward. Even Facebook came up with these like really eight personas um, process and uh, we tried that as well in the past. And if, if I um, tested against uh, the best performing creative, it was not even close, not even close to the performance that we had. And, you know what was the best performing creative? The ones that we took from the hyper casual genre. <laughs> so it's all that I've been saying for last six months. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> so it's really, it's really, it's really tough on the creative side to actually find the winner if uh, you are using all these like uh, old. Uh, processes looking at the personas and you try to define them i mean like you are focusing on defining personas for i mean two months and then you create the creatives and it doesn't work why skip the personas because because people don't care they want to see something funny they want to enjoy it if it's uh if you know uh, if there is emotion in the in the in the ad or if it's shocking content something that catches your attention and that's it you can create whatever create concepts for any any personas and it's you know i i thought i think i saw some some kind of um really interesting persona um, example it's like 50 years old year old man from uh, somewhere 
And the one was a doctor, um, and uh, the other one was uh, Ozzy Osbourne. So it was most probably like older than fifty years old, but still. Oh, you mean Prince Charles and Ozzy Osbourne? This is the usual maybe, example. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, one that's yeah, being yeah, used. Maybe. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you can use that, but definitely something uh, different uh, will resonate with these people, or like Prince Charles or Ozzy Osbourne, obviously. Yeah, I would say people kind of underestimate how how fast you need to be or let's say how's the frequency of this whole thing because yeah you have your brainstorming you have your creative now you are you know yeah. testing against your winners but let's say can you give us some kind of an example of how would be like a good good frequency of these or how, how much you would need to run these in order to make some kind of a let's say efficient performance on on your yeah spend? you need to have yeah, you need to have at least one new concept a week. Uh, so I, I had the con conversation with the multiple developers and they said like, oh, well, we are changing creatives once a month. Like, yeah, sure. If this was 2015, that, that would be an amazing cadence. But now where you have a, a creative that is not, well, the lifetime of the creative is not that long and, anymore. And uh, it's going to really like the creative is going to hit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to burn fast. <laughs> In like one or two weeks so you need to be really on top of everything <clears throat> so yeah i think like every week a new at least one new creative concept is uh is the the most efficient way i think this is already like killer tempo for like half of the industry <laughs> sure but uh you know you don't need to do that but you will see the, the decline on the performance quite quite heavily but it's also a, a, like a question of luck a little bit, if I understand correctly, because you need to find your kind of a breadwinner where, let's say, that pink creative where the guy falls into lava wasn't found just like <laughs> on day one in Playrix or whoever come up with that. I guess they're oh, yeah, just, of course. they just 100%. need to run like multitudes of these, like hundreds or even thousands. And then finally, oh, oh this, yeah. this one has the best performance. Let's run this for three years. And yeah, we scaled the game to 15 mil and that's it. Yeah, yeah, of course. This this makes me or like yeah. So add frequency once a week. That's like yeah, it's higher than 2015. Makes sense. Like yeah, more competitive. This makes me want to ask like, how? Like I have no idea. Like I I'm on the other side of the spectrum. Like I get paid to put mm -hmm. ads in my games, but like yeah, uh, like how much do, does a creative go for? Like how much does a banner a good banner cost? Like what's the range? What's a good range for video creatives? What's a good range for um? playables yeah the, the thing is like what's a good range is a very bad question because uh it's the same thing as with the higher production value and or on the horrible looking video so you can you can make a video for like 1000 euros you can make one for like 50000 euros it's uh okay you, so what should you usually like where you get the best results like uh... it's again what should you do uh what what you should do is uh have multiple different creative concepts so you have high production value you have something crazy really low production value as well like something that's really terrible looking i mean not you don't need to do that like on purpose but still let's call it efficient <laughs> yeah let's call it efficient yeah efficient something efficient and then and then uh like multiple shocking content so so different you know different angles so you spend for example a couple of thousands uh for the creative production, like 5,000 euros for creative production, which you will, you will get five, um, five videos. What's, uh, let's say that. Is that a good, like a standard and, price that you see or? 
Yeah, I think that's a, that's a standard price. Uh, it can be more, obviously, with the with the higher, like uh, more expensive agencies, but it can be even less. Depends on who you work with, and it can be like very same efficiency in terms of the, the ROI. So, so that's why I, th- I I always try to get such a different variety of, of creative concepts for for the start, and also like not only for the start, but if even if you find the winner, you still need to iterate and you still need to try to find the new creative concepts because. Even if you are a playrix, you find that pull a uh, pulled pin uh, creative, or you you find uh, any like Austin uh, falling into the lava, but you still need to find that, uh, that other <laughs> other shark versus um, Nemo types of creative for fishdom. So it's uh, it's always like that, and uh, and it's not easy, obviously. But where to get the inspiration? That's the five secret tips I have for you guys. So, um, so I always try to look at uh, multiple things. So, first of all, YouTube videos or even TikTok videos with uh, with large number of views. So, for example, you know there is a there was a huge trend of um, uh, the influencer unboxing videos. We see chest opening uh, videos got like millions of views. We also see ASMR um, slicing, chewing, and st- still like these type of things, which were actually like even translated into into hyper casual games. So this was used for hyper casual games, but it's also can be used quite efficiently for coming up uh, with uh, with ideas for creatives. Yeah, game design input, hyper-casual games are first born through creatives. <laughs> That's yeah. why it worked for them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's why it worked. But then... Uh, and then you have, uh, like you said, that's why I'm here in, in California. You just uh, can use the current situation. So, um, so COVID, for example. So if you have, um, you know, if you have a um, cooking game, you can use uh, a simple creative and say and ask players like, hey, what's your favorite quarantine meal, for example. Then uh, you can use um, a football uh, Euro, um, UEFA Cup or whatever, whatever is, uh, is happening around you. But also in in this in this matter, like seasonal creatives. Although I, I wrote <laughs> wrote an article about how seasonal creatives suck balls, really, because it's really not efficient. But everybody uses them uh, for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, I need to mention this, like, hey guys, so if you use Christmas creatives, you be sure that to use like the whole funnel in terms of the the Christmas creatives. So icon, screenshots, feature graphic, even creative video inside the, the store because if you use Santa or whatever snow related creative in, in Facebook or um, in other um, UA channels, it doesn't work because you're creating some kind of expectations for players and then they land into your store, what they find out. Nothing Christmas related at all. So nobody cares. <laughs> and even like the the best scenario is you have seasonal content inside the game as well so they see christmas ad they see christmas um, screenshots and then store listing and then they see a christmas uh, special offer or christmas event in the game that's the the best scenario a lot of people just forget about this and then they are trying to to scratch their head in the middle of like january or february like oh wait 
Wait, we still have the Christmas icon in our store. Oh, we forgot about it. <laughs> and then the, the conversion rate on store like decreases heavily and uh, nobody knows why. Well, here's why. <laughs> so, but yeah, okay. So that's, uh, that's seasonal creatives. We have uh, like three more um, tips. So we can use memes. You know, uh, anything that is trending at the moment can be translated into creative. Uh, we saw a lot of like Drake memes uh, before, a lot of uh, what else? Where do you go and see it? Uh, Just on Instagram or like where? Instagram, 9gig, 4chan, wherever. It's just, you just, just swipe, <laughs> you just browse. <laughs> Through internet culture. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You whatever just, you know. that means. <laughs> Yeah, you you do your usual um, session on the toilet where you just swipe through all the all these <laughs> and you find memes. Then you can use that. Uh, hey, at least you're honest. Efficient. <laughs> yeah, at least. Well, well, well that's uh, that's how it works. And uh, I found one one really like good good performing creative um, when I was uh, like browsing through Instagram. I think so. I saw one one video when uh, like uh, one woman gets slapped. With uh, with a fish, completely unrelated, and uh, so we just put that fish into a tank. We, you know, shot the fish from the tank, put that meme video in inside the creative, and then uh, connected to the gameplay, best performing creative for like three months. Everybody was laughing so hard. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this is so amazing! This is so amazing!" And this was it. Really easy, really easy idea. Then. Um, it was really important to also um, leverage this um, hype around us. So um, a really good example was uh, the Netflix series of uh, of Witcher. Uh, so we we borrowed a uh, Witcher and uh, ride ride the hype uh, wave, pretty much. Yeah, ride the hype wave. Um, mm. we, we borrowed the Witcher appearance uh, and uh, just made one of our characters from the game look like Witcher and uh, called it the Hiltshire and uh, it was like really exploded. That was kind of nice. And also like you can do this uh, if you draw these um, IPs because then uh, it's license free as I remember. You don't get sued basically. <laughs> do you have Do you have any of these creatives? It would be great if you could put them in the show notes if you're allowed to share them. I'd actually like to see yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I will, I will put um, in, uh, a deck um, in the show notes so everybody can see that and uh and the last but not least the different genres which uh, i think is really important not to look only in your casual game uh, you can just try to borrow something from midcore but most probably won't work that much but definitely uh, borrow something from uh from hyper casual that's something that worked really well for me and for other other gaming companies because i think still like this is a this is a huge innovation that is happening uh which means you know you're adapting like hyper casual games or their mechanics into your creatives and it's i'm not talking only about like noob versus pro but also there was this uh, asmr slicing where coin master was slicing their coins and uh, and also using some uh calm create creatives from calm the, the the meditation app they're also using these uh these asmr creatives but also you know um playrix and wolfpath is is also using these type of uh, creatives where you just um you know uh use all the all the hyper casual mechanics and just adapt it to your um 
a visual design of the game. And uh, it is kind of an evolution of fake ads, <laughs> but it's, it's slightly, slightly closer to the, the actual gameplay <laughs> that you that you have. It, even, it's, it's not pull the pins, of course. <laughs> That's slightly, but it still works. It still mm-hmm. works quite quite well. Yeah, if it works, you really... don't complain. That's the usual. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that would be all from my side uh, in terms of the creatives and uh, and the top secret uh, tips for the for where to get the inspiration mm. because uh, you know there is always the discussion about the how to automate all the all the creatives because blah 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 automation bullshit but you know you can't automate uh, the creativity and uh, actually coming up with the with the actual um, concepts. You can automate everything else. Sounds to me, by the way, like how hyper casual games are made. Like these are yeah. exactly the same list. Like you just go around these kind of trends or like things that you think could go viral. Then you create a creative yeah. and the gameplay is in the creative. If it performs well, you create the game. That's it. Yeah. But then, uh, I mean, it's exactly the same, uh, same process. Uh, now with, uh, you just need to then adapt it to your visual design of the game where with the hyper casual, you need to actually create a game, but it's so anyway, like the creative is the game. Yeah. Yeah. Good tips. Any questions? I think I answered everything good. as we went along. Yeah. Very good. Very, very good. Um, so what, what do you, yeah. What do you think will happen next with the creatives? Let's get, some predictions in. oh yeah you love oh, predictions predict- fuck predictions my my <laughs> biggest prediction <laughs> i never want to be wrong was... i don't like predictions i can't be wrong <laughs> no well i wasn't wrong with the hyper casual uh adaption of the of the creatives so it's like i've been saying this for six months and it's, it's really so. happening <laughs> i told you so yeah, yeah, yeah but what would be next i'm well, assuming uh, idfa like must have had like an impact as well, right? Sure, but you want to get uh, those creatives as broad as possible, and uh, what? How else you you want to do that? Like the hyper casuals are already already like broad enough, so that that definitely helped. Uh, I'm not sure. That's uh, I mean, I don't want to say um, going again again like a little bit like one step deeper into the fake ads, but definitely something like that's going to happen <laughs> very soon. I think so too. There will be some yeah. something even more tricky and even more fake that will probably work, perform well, at least for some period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, everybody said like this is going away already, Facebook, Google, ad networks, but it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's going to be like innovated even more into more, more bullshit and more, more fake <laughs> fake ads. If, if, it's, if it makes sense and if it makes money, it's fine. It's all good be me. And with that, I think uh, that's it for today's session. Thank you very much for listening, guys. And thank you very much, Felix and Jakub, for uh, being here with me and listening to all these creative uh, shenanigans. Yeah, thanks for the tips, Mate. <laughs> yeah, good ones. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, Listeners, subscribe on the YouTube and other channels to get these awesome sessions right away. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye.